0: If you have your Bible handy or your app downloaded, if you will, turn over to Psalm 23, the Old Testament. As we begin this morning, I thought about the song that we just sang, the first song that we sang this morning, Because He Lives, and I thought about there was a portion of those words that just, I thought about Austin as he sung those, and I could hear the joy and see, I could see the joy on his face, but I also could hear it as he sung that, that just that notion of holding that newborn baby as they anticipate the birth and arrival of their daughter. They could come at any time, right? So it's exciting. been on Baby Watch. I text them every day. Every morning I say, what's the latest on Baby Watch 2021, right? Like, where are we? Are you there? What's going on? But what I wanted to share with you, and I think Austin shared this recently, is kind of the story behind that song. It was written by Bill and Gloria Gaither, And in 1971, there was upheaval, there was threats of war, there was social injustice, there was just a time of of chaos. There were assassinations, drug trafficking, uh, all this stuff monopolized the headlines. And it was there that Bill and Gloria Gaither, in the midst of uncertainty, that the assurance of the Lordship of Jesus Christ blew across their troubled minds, like cool, a cool breeze in a parched desert. And holding their tiny son in their arms, they were able to write and pen these words, how sweet to hold our newborn baby and fill the pride and joy he gives. But greater still the calm assurance that this child can face uncertain days because he lives. Friends, God has been good to us, amen? This morning you may be here and you may be walking through a valley and and, and you, you just don't think that God's too good right now. Let's just call it what it is. Others of you here could stand and testify to God's goodness. But what I want to remind you is, is that who we follow dictates what we see. Who you follow dictates what we see. And so this morning as we dive into the last verse, verse 6 of Psalm 23. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Some of you are probably like, geez, how long could you preach on Psalm 23? Well, we intentionally took a slow and methodic look and and just kind of unpacked each verse, verse by verse, piece by piece. Why? Because what we're familiar with, we often cease to see. You know, just like I was talking with this Melanie this morning, we've had visitors who come, and you know, one of the things that we have to work on in the future is signage. Because there are many of you who have been around since they set the cornerstone, and you know how to get around, but if you were to arrive here, when was the last time that you looked at uh, arriving on Bethel's campus as a first-time guest? Where do you go? Where do I take my children? Right, those are the things that we need to be thinking through. And so this morning, as we look back in verse 6, we just, as I was just saying that, you know, those things that we are too familiar with, we cease to see. And so we have to step back, like we've done in this series, and just take a slow look, verse by verse, of Psalm 23. So let's look at verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord Forever. The first thing that I want you to see is this. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy. As David kind of begins to wrap up this twenty third Psalm, he he tells us, and he kind of comes he, he kind of comes out of the bag in this last verse, and he's like, he there's this confidence. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. How can he have such assurance? Look back with me at verse 1. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And so we, like David, can have confidence when we follow Jesus. And what's interesting about this particular word that we see here is he saying, hey, this is a sure thing. It's indeed, certainly, it can happen. So look back with me at verse 6. Surely, goodness, and mercy. Surely, goodness, and mercy. So those are kind of our two key words that we want to camp out on today. Surely, goodness, and mercy. So as I was studying this verse, what do we know about the mercy of God? Well, I went back to... A portion of this verse, and and this is why I just want to be transparent and encourage you. Like, as you get into God's word, as you come and you sit in services like today, like I pray that the word of God will find its way and lodge in your heart and your mind. Now we live in a we live in a great a great society, we live in a mobile society, and so the great thing about that is if you can't remember where the scripture reference is, type in Mercy's New Everyday Verse, enter. Right, And then you can help yourself find where that is. So Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His mercies never come to an end, but aren't you thankful that they're new every morning? Or aren't you thankful that you don't have to go back and repeat um, Saturday... What's today's date, by the way? 14th, thank you. So you don't have to go back and repeat Saturday, November the 13th, over again. But can I also give you a word of caution that, you know, every day when we go out in our lives, and, and we're going to miss the mark. Can I just take that weight off of you this morning and just encourage you that you're, you're gonna miss, if you're following Jesus, you're going to miss the mark. Because we're not Jesus. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. If you were to keep that before you, you're going to miss the mark almost every day. So thank God that His mercies are new every day. That you don't have to go back and repeat what's in the past. That you can learn from that. And thank God if you're a child of God, you have His Spirit living inside of you that can quicken you to say, Hey Chris, you shouldn't have said that. Hey Chris, you shouldn't have done that. Hey Chris, you shouldn't have gone there. You shouldn't have looked at that. His mercies are new every morning. I'm thankful that in my life that... There was a time that um, I don't know about y'all, but youth pastors can like get on my nerves sometime Now one of my best friends and his title is kind of like youth pastor, but youth pastors can be kind of like nutty creatures, right? And so I was on this prayer breakfast team, and I was trying to work with some pastors in this area, and I just got fed up. And so I wrote them the scathing post, and I basically said, Hey, guys, this is why we can't get anything done for Jesus in this town, because you guys are like apathetic and don't want to do anything. And I ruffled some feathers, and I had some people that walked away from me, but I'm thankful that I had people that had the mercy of God who w- walked into the mess. And, walk, and even as I apologize, they walked into my life and they walked alongside of me. And one of those is a guy by the name of Lee Brown. And Jeremy touched on, and Jeremy touched on, touched on the fact that in Jeremiah it says, because I just said, hey, I'm sharing my heart. But Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things who can know it. So you can't just slam somebody. You can't just spew things and just say, oh, I was sharing my heart. But aren't you thankful? that his mercies are new every morning. Amen? Amen. So as we look at goodness and mercy, let's kind of let's kind of camp out there for a minute as we talk about goodness and mercy. Let's define those. So first off, let's look at goodness. What is goodness? Goodness is pleasant. It's joyful. It's admirable. It's worthy. What about mercy? Mercy is compassion. It's love. It's sympathy, it's deep care and forgiveness. One one source I was looking at this week as I was reading and studying said it this way Mercy is compassion for the miserable. Compassion for the miserable. Now, mercy. Not just any old care, but deep care and forgiveness. So as I thought about forgiveness, that reminds me of this. In Colossians 3.13, we see these words. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Hey, can I I simply remind you something about the Word of God this morning? When you look into it, it, it's like a mirror, right? Sometimes you're going to see warts. In all. And, and, and can I submit to you this morning that we know that God had to be in this because if it was strictly based on man, we would have left that out. Right. I mean, there were some people in the first service, they were like, you know, Pastor, you could have left that slide out. We must, forg- the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. That is a strong word, that is a hard word to live by. Amen. Forgiveness is not easy. So here's something that I wrote this week. As we think about this, about goodness and mercy. Listen, goodness and mercy follow when we follow Jesus. Goodness and mercy follow when we follow Jesus. As I told you a minute ago, who we follow dictates what we see. Who we hang around dictates the environment that we're going to be a part of and who we become. And as I reminded the people in the first service, you can't introduce somebody to somebody you don't know. So one of the things that the Lord hit me with recently was he, he kind of helped me see that I'm not giving enough prayer prompts as I'm preaching and teaching. And what is that? So basically as I'm preaching and teaching, I don't want it to be like a checkbox, right? But I really want it to be like something that the Lord gives me to encourage you guys, like here's a next step that you can take. So there might be some of you in here this morning that you simply need to pray one of these two phrases as we think about the goodness and mercy of God. First and foremost, you might need to simply pray, Lord, help me see the good in my life. Lord, help me to see the good in my life secondly you might be in a camp this morning you might be in a place you might be in a valley you might be going through something you would never imagine that you would be going through and maybe you need to be just like our friend alicia and you need to say lord help me to trust and to follow you see see philip keller we leaned a lot into his work because he was a shepherd Right, And so he's looking at the the 23rd song from the perspective of a shepherd, someone with that experience. And one of the things that he challenged me with, that I want to challenge you with, is this. He said, The one who knows firsthand about the goodness and mercy of God in their own life will be warm and affectionate with goodness and mercy to others. As Derwin Gray would say, marinate on that. And, And I would ask you this morning... We wonder why our churches have grown cold. Because maybe we are not sitting still and realizing the goodness and the mercy and the forgiveness that God has shown us. Because when we have, we'll show it to other people, it will reflect in our words, in our actions, and in our deeds. Look back, at, look back at verse 6 with me. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He didn't say some of the days of my life a few of the days of my life he said they shall follow me all the days of my life that's one word i love in scripture is all a l l y'all how many of y'all in the ages remember the all commercial right a l a l l l right it gets all it gets all the stains out it's what the blood of christ does too amen but follow me all the days of my life. Can, can I just pause right there? And can I remind you that sometimes it, it, it's not typically in the moment that we realize the goodness and mercy of God. It's when we look back. Now we can't live in the past, but we can look back and see where God, we can look and ask God to help us see his goodness and his mercy. Let me share a story with you. My daughter Katie, when she was a freshman in high school, she had this situation where she would go to take a shower and she would kind of black out. She didn't fall, but for whatever reason she was blacking out and it became a concern. And so we went to the doctor, and that doctor made a referral. And so I want to ask you, like I asked in the last service, how many of you in here enjoy waiting? Waiting. Nobody? Waiting isn't fun, is it? But God grows us most in our times of waiting. Because we have to learn to trust and to depend on Him. Not in our own strength, but in His. So we had that referral. We had to wait. We went and saw a heart doctor. Heart doctor came back and said, hey, I'm going to need you to wear a heart monitor. So here it is, you're in your freshman year. It's awkward to begin with. So then she has to wear this heart monitor while she's at school, and she has to get out of class and go to the health room so they can transmit the data back. And so then you send that back, and you have to wait. And the doctor has to look at it, and then somebody else has to look at it and interpret it. What a great scheme, right? It's like you get paid by, you got to pay this doctor to do this and this one to read that and this one to review this. It's like, good Lord, you just, everybody wants to take all my money. But look, in that moment as we went through that valley with Katie, do you think it was easy? No. Praise the Lord, we came through that season and it really wasn't much of anything to be concerned about. You don't see that in the moment, but you see that when you look back. And so maybe one of these days this coming year, maybe I'll be able to share a message with you. It's called uh, Joshua Stones or Stones of Remembrance. And so what did we do? We reflected on the goodness of mercy in God, and we simply went to Lowe's, and I bought some river rocks, and I bought a Sharpie, and I took those rocks out, and I wrote Caitlin's Heart and several other things in our life, and we put them in a basket, and we put them on our table. And so when people came over for the holidays or we invited some friends over, they would be like, what do you have a basket of rocks on your table for? They'd pick it up and we'd show them. And we began to tell them about how good our God is and how he had walked with us through the valleys. He had walked with us through trying times. You see, friends, David is writing out of his experience David had seen God guide, provide, and protect. But David also reminds us of this, that the Lord will comfort us, but we need not forget that He will also correct and challenge us. He corrects His child, amen? We're His, and that chastisement, that discipline of the Lord being taken to the woodshed, some of y'all in the previous generations, y'all get that, right? Like... I mean, being underneath the chastisement and the correction of the Lord is not an easy place to be. But he will indeed challenge and correct us. And so even this week in my own quiet time, listen to this nugget of wisdom that I ran across. God does not ignore in his children what he does not condone in the unsaved. God does not ignore in his children what What he does not condone in the unsaved. He will correct us. He will challenge us. Praise God that he will comfort us. David said that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Sure, he'll anoint our heads and, and our cup runneth over. But we cannot forget that there will be correction and there will be challenging times as we walk with the Lord. If there's not, and I pray, as I've said time and time again, that whoever stands on this stage to preach and teach God's Word, that they would not, every place I've been, it would not be a prosperity gospel of name it and claim it. That's not the God that we worship and God that we believe in, in Christ Jesus. Amen? Following Christ in 2021 and as we look to 2022 is not peachy, rosy, everything's going to be smooth sailing. If it was, why wouldn't he just go ahead and call us home? But he's put you here for a purpose and for a plan. And I pray, and maybe this is something you need to jot down in your notes or take out a note on your phone, what is my purpose? Why am I here? My purpose is to be an authentic leader who invites people To connect with their God-given purpose and to encourage them along their life-changing journey with Him. We're together for a season. Why do you exist? What is your purpose? Where you are at your work, where you are in your family, where you are with your circle of friends, where you are right now at Bethel Baptist Church is not by accident. We're looking for door holders. Are you willing? Have any of you experienced Jesus... Have you seen that compassion, that mercy, that grace? Has anybody in here experienced that this morning? If you have and Jesus has changed your heart, then that means what there's been a shift away from what you want and it becomes about what he wants and his will. And so then you willingly go and you stand and you open the door so that others can experience Jesus, whether that's working at the coffee station, whether that's hosting a small group, whether that's calling your buddy or calling your girlfriend and saying, hey, let's go to lunch. How are you doing? How can I pray for you and your family? We're meant to do life together. We're not meant to do life alone. As we prepare for this Christmas season, Christ came. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. He is with us. And He wants to work through us. Do you know your purpose? David goes on, look back at verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. What a great reminder. What a great promise. But listen, as we think about being with the Lord forever and ever, and, and a day in the Lord, for the Lord is a thousand Years, right? A thousand days. It's just crazy. Like, our timetable is not His. But as we think about being in the house that we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, as we think this morning about heaven, listen, the joy of heaven is not mansions or streets of gold. Jesus is the joy of heaven. Jesus is the joy of heaven. And so then I often wonder, like, You know, as we think about this, like these people that were around, I thought about this song. Yeah, I do listen to Southern Gospel. I can only take so much sometimes, but I do listen to it from time to time. And there's this group by the name of the Ball Brothers. And I heard them perform this one time in person at a preaching conference I was at. It's called I'm Already Living Forever. Look, read these words with me this morning. I'm already living forever since I've had my second birth. I'm enjoying the joys of Jesus, living each day for all it's worth. I don't have to wait till I get to glory. No need to go to heaven first. I'm already living forever. I'm going to live a little heaven on earth. Friends, do we wonder why our churches are cold and not receptive and not welcoming? Because I don't know, and I would submit to you this morning, that it's probably filled with a lot of people that aren't going to heaven. Hello? They're following a religion. Oh, I'm, I'm a member of this church. I'm on the Sunday school roll. I give. None of that. Are those important? Yes, that's an act of obedience. That's what God, God has called us to. That is not what saves you. When you get before an almighty God and people are like, oh, I can't wait to ask Jesus about this. Man, you're going to do like they tell us in Scripture. You're, just, you're not even going to be able to look on him. You're going to have to bow and, and get face down because you can't even look upon him. So how are you going to stand here and tell me, wait till I see Jesus. I'm going to ask him a few things. Come on, man. You're going to bow in the presence of a holy God. And you aren't going to be able to ask him anything and so I ask you this morning if you've experienced that that mercy and that goodness, we need to be showing it to other people it needs to it needs to reflect in our lives <clears throat> I have a final question for you this morning and this hit me this week like I was in the I, I, some of my best thinking time is in the shower I don't know why I guess because there's no notifications and nothing going on or whatever, and so I'm getting ready on Friday morning, and the Lord reminds me, what is following you? Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What is following you? Friends, there's two kinds of people in this world. There are people who bring you joy when they walk in the room, and there are people who bring you joy when they walk out the room. Amen? Which one of those are you? What is following you? And I'll ask you this way, what are you leaving behind? And so I want you to just think this through. Do I leave behind peace or turmoil? Do I leave behind forgiveness or bitterness? Do I leave behind contentment or conflict? Do I leave behind joy or frustration? And do I leave behind love or ransom? Surely goodness, mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As I think about our lives, <clears throat> they're but a moment, they're but a mist. My great-uncle Charlie Lee lived to be just shy of 100 years old. I mean, that joker was like, nine, I mean, he was so close to 100. He was like 99 and like three-quarters when he passed away. And in 2012, I was asked to read this passage that I have taped in the front of my Bible. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall live. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But as I think about our lives, I keep this before me after I read this. And read with me. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. How fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. I love verse 6. Especially in the world that we live in today, we're merely moving shadows, and all are busy, rushing ends, nothing. Friends, it's only what's done for Christ that will last. Everything else is wood hay and stubble. This building is wood, hay and stubble. It's a tool to be used. It's not to be worshipped. That sanctuary over there is beautiful. It's beautiful what God has done. That There was a day and a time when there were, there were a quarters up front and, and separate doors that African Americans would, would climb those stairs and, and sit and hear the gospel and, and now my daughter's boyfriend Jalen can walk in the door and he can sit and he can be there and he can worship. Only God can do that. All our busy rushing ends in nothing. So Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. He's our hope. And so this morning with the time that we have remaining, I want to invite you to come And I don't know what the Lord's spoken to your heart today. I don't know what he's been maybe tugging at your heart over this series. But David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This morning, friends, Austin is just going to continue to play these we don't necessarily have an altar like they do in most churches. We have these steps. And you might say, well, I can't kneel. Well, praise God. It's all right. You, can you sit? So I want to encourage you now, just in the few moments that we have remaining, I want to invite you to a time of prayer. Miss Helen and, and Chris, they're going to come over here. They have a heart for prayer. They're going to pray with you. Ladies, if you want to come, Miss Helen to pray with you. Men, Chris will pray with you. I, I'm going to stand over here. I, I'll I'll pray with you. But I want to invite you. I want these chairs are empty. Come and, and sit. Come and, and sit here on this stage. Come and sit here on these steps. And, and what is God asking of you? What what is he stirring in your hearts right now? What, what, is, he, what is he calling you to do? Maybe He's just calling you to come and sit. Maybe He's calling you to step out of your comfort zone and allow somebody else to pray with you. Maybe He's just calling you to sit and be still and to reflect on what's following you. Do people see the goodness and mercy, forgiveness of God? Maybe you've never received that mercy. Maybe you've never truly received that forgiveness from God. I don't know what he wants to do, but I want to invite you now. Come, sit in one of these chairs. Sit on the stage. Come come to Chris or Helen and 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 just ask them to pray with you. I'll stand over here. I'll pray with you, but maybe you pray where you are, but I just pray nobody really move. Methodists, you'll get the second run at the buffet. It'll be all right. They'll beat us there today. But will you come? Come as Austin plays, and I pray that we would do business with God. We received his word. We received his spirit now be obedient to what he's calling you to do. Father, we thank you for your, for your mercy. For your goodness. Father, I thank you for loving me. Father, for saving me. For, for setting me apart for a work such as this. A life surrendered to making much of Jesus. So Father, I pray this morning for that one here that, that you're pulling at their heart, that, you're, that you're, you're trying to stir within them. And Lord, just like your word says, there was seed that was cast this morning. Your word has been cast. And there's some people here, they'll leave and the thorns of life will quick, quickly overgrow it. They'll choke it out. Father, I pray this morning that after we leave, after we say amen, if there's a conversation that needs to be had, if there's someone who needs prayer, Father, I pray they'd come and find me in Austin. They wouldn't leave here without having that conversation with you. Father, we're here to, to love and to encourage them, to show them the mercy and the compassion, the grace, the forgiveness that you've shown us. So, Father, I pray this morning, I don't know what you did in the hearts and lives of these, your people. As they bowed, as they surrendered their will, as they surrendered their lives to you. Father, I pray for that one who is hurting. Lord, I pray that you spoke healing and comfort into their lives. Father, I pray for that arrogant one, that you would begin to break that hardened heart. That they would see their need for Jesus. And realize that they can't do it on their own. Father I pray for that one who who is who's encouraged father that they not just leave here and and just say oh that was a that was a good message but God that they would take what they've heard they would take what they've learned they would take what your spirit has what your spirit has given theirs and they would take it and share it and they would allow you to be a part of their conversations this week as they as they sit at the dinner table, as, as they stand in the break room, as, as they see people. Father, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, arts, hearts that are open to see the hurting and the broken and the lost people that are surrounding us. And Father, in the fear and the unknown, may we step past those with an all-knowing God. Give us the strength to just go and to share what we've seen and heard. Point them to you. Father, we thank you. We love you. We ask that you would guide us in spirit and truth, that your peace that surpasses all understandings would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as we leave this place. Father, help us to seek you this week, not just one day a week, but to seek you every moment, every day. Father, we thank you and we love you, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.